0: Hello again, it's Mason, and I'm back at you with Level Zero Literacy. Today the fellas and I will be talking about Dragon Age Origins. During the episode, we're going to discuss topics that include, but are not limited to, rape, body horror, and cannibalism. Please use your best judgment before proceeding. Also, we're going to spoil the entire game beginning to end, so make sure that if you haven't played it yet, you go ahead and do so. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, folks, and welcome back to Level Zero Literacy. I'm Buck, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Sam. Hey. And Mason. Hello. And today, we're going to be talking about Dragon Age... Origins, the first game in the Dragon Age franchise, a game released by Bioware between the release of Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2. This was Bioware's attempt to meld their own D&D experience from making the Baldur's Gate games and what they've done making the Mass Effect games and put it into their own fantasy world world. Without the d and d baggage, this involved making their own combat system for this game, but the combat system is not the topic of this podcast. The Other, story wise
0: we'd rant we'll <laughs> talk about it a little bit, yeah, we'll
1: get into it, we'll just rant and the gist of the story is that your character y- your character becomes a gray warden, and a gray warden is a style of warrior. In Dragon Age's world, who is specialized in fighting a kind of scourge on the earth called Darkspawn, who are like this world's orcs, effectively, Tolkien orcs.
2: I call them, I kind of think of them as zombies.
1: Yeah, very similar. And the actual beginning of the story changes drastically based on your race and background in this game.
0: Honestly, cool feature.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of
0: that's like a very common thing that a common feature people want out of WRPGs is background based opening sequences This is the only game I played that has that it's pretty cool. So I figure the
1: best place to actually start in terms of our talking about the story is talking about how our characters started. And maybe evaluating those particular stories. And it'll give everybody background as to a little bit of how we might have made other choices in the game.
2: Yeah, so I played I played a elven mage named Nostros, and I gave him a very big nose <laughs> and tiny other features. <laughs> And so I basically started with the biggest debuff of all time because I picked the a race. Minority. I picked the race that is discriminated against the most, <laughs> and the class that is discriminated against the most. <sighs> um, so as a mage, you start at the this world's mage academy, essentially. But it's interesting because you, as a mage, are basically trained more to control your powers and stop you from being a blood mage more so than to like learn and like become powerful and hone your abilities like in the world of dragon age being a mage is generally considered detrimental like mages have their place within society as far as like being a part of armies but generally you know like People who do magic generally can't hold places of power, which is a plot point that comes on later. So essentially, you're in this mage tower. You have to go through a process where you go into the Fade. Uh, you go into the Fade and you do battle with a demon to like prove that as a mage, you're not going to like give into the powers of evil. And then you have the option to help one of your fellow mages destroy their phylactery uh, which is not like a lich's phylactery. Your phylactery is basically a way for them to, if the Templars ever have to like track, if you ever like go rogue as a mage, your phylactery can be used for the Templars to track you down and kill you essentially. And so you can you have the option to help one of your fellow mages destroy his phylactery so he can like escape and like go live a better life. I chose not to help him because I was like, I have no skin in this game. And so I didn't. And I ended up getting him arrested because I wasn't going to like put myself in danger to help this guy that the game insisted was my friend, but I me is personally in no connection to. Um, and the other like big lore piece of information you get in the Mage Tower is they essentially do what I would what I would equate to a lobotomy to some of the mages where they essentially, they're called the Tranquil, where essentially they just take away all your personality and you just become very, like, calm, you know, one-notes. It's hard to describe
0: thoroughly, but... They, they like, remove aspects of your personality and you're, like, left with just, like, no sense of self yeah. and, like, only, like, vague survival senses. So, it's, like, Tranquil you meet in the game will be, like, you can threaten them and they, they'll just be, like, well, I... I would not like to be robbed. Please don't do that. Yeah, you know I, they don't they don't like react.
2: Yeah, I would equate it to lobotomy. But um, so that was that was my experience. Uh, that was like the first thing I experienced interacting with the world.
0: Can you become tranquilized? No, you don't get the option to. You
2: you kind of interact with the tranquil. Uh, so the reason you have to, the reason your friend wants to escape is because he believes they're going to make him tranquil, and so he and he doesn't want that for himself. So he's trying to like get out before they do it to him.
1: Kind of for good reason, by the way. Yeah, we'll, yes, the we'll the find re- out later. So the <laughs> reason the,
2: the reason why they make mages tranquil is because they believe it is an alternative to uh, for mages that are going to like give in to like the demons and the fade essentially, or if they believe that they're mages that like don't have a place within society, it's better to tranquil them and let them live a happy life as a tranquil, whatever that looks like, rather than go about their, what they believe will be dangerous lives as a mage, because there's like this huge stigma. One of the main reasons there's such a big stigma against mages is because uh essentially there is blood mages and blood made blood magic is seen as like an evil because it's very powerful but it has it's very easy for blood mages to slip up and like give in to, to like accidentally release demons onto the world so it's just there's like a, there's like a, a constant tension of like the mages are like looked down upon because it is believed that it is so easy for a mage to,
1: like, do irreparable harm to the
2: world, essentially.
1: Well, so it's because of their connection to the Fade. Yeah. If they get possessed by a demon, it is way worse than a general possession. Right. Uh, <laughs> And
2: And we'll
0: get into one of those later a little bit. A lot of a lot of the driving conflicts of the mini, like the the smaller arcs, have to do with either rogue mages trying to enact revenge on other mages, or people mages like losing control of themselves, and then demon outbreaks happening. I can see like they do a good job showing you why it's not necessary, but like why society is structured that way. Even though like, you know, you can recognize that there's like a, a, a type of oppression going on to the mages, you you do get to see like what happens when things go wrong, yeah, right? And it's it's horrifying, yep. right? It's, it's really bad for everyone.
2: Well, and like the, that's one of the things I enjoyed about Dragon Age's narrative is that there are a lot of like the very typical high fantasy tropes in the game, especially with the dwarves. But you know, with the elves and the mages, I feel like they kind of were willing to go against the cult, like the common cultural norm of what we see from these types of people in high fantasy, and just like try something different with them, which I think is
1: commendable. Yeah, so Mason and I were both the dwarf commoner background, right?
0: Yeah, which. sucks (laughs) sucks <laughs> oh my god i didn't think commoner i thought commoner I, i'll i let you i mean you can yeah.
1: so the dwarf society is in my opinion very confusing because of the responsibility dwarfs have also just their proximity to the dark spawn and just what they've gone through i'm surprised their society has ended up how it has but dwarf society is Incredibly stratified. Very strictly stratified. There are
0: nobles, there are people who do skilled labor, and then <laughs> hold on, hold on. Above them, or right below the skilled labor people, dead people. Yep. Dead and, people. and then and then <laughs> below the literal dead. <laughs> the castless. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And the castless effectively live in the rundown hovels and are literally branded at birth. And uh, when you're a dwarf commoner, that's what you are.
0: <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Uh, the, dwarf, the dwarven dust town where you start the game is just beggars and organized crime. Even your castless society is subdivided into people who will do terrible things to get ahead. And people who won't because you're so forgotten by the rigid dwarven caste system that the only way up is to, you know, there's characters who sell their family into sex work to be like concubines for nobles so that they get subsumed into the noble class. There's racketeers and like basically like mobs and then, you know, and then what what what's left is beggars. Do you think the dwarvish society is like the most
2: messed up of all the racial societies that you see in the game, yeah?
1: Yeah, I I I think so cuz the human society is fairly normal-ish. Uh, it's actually weirdly it's almost representative democracy. Yeah, <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah.
0: A little but bit a it, little bit top heavy on the wealth to representation. Yeah, it's like
2: yeah. it's like if you took a medieval system but made it more
0: democratized Mm -hmm. but not like fully democratized but like dwarves just like very openly have like i i don't even know it's not like a fascist but it's like a it's like a roman empire like Mm -hmm. everything is uh, this rigid caste system and if you're at the bottom there's no way up there's no way out it's you're just you're De- you destined to squalor your entire very long dwarvish life literally can't
1: pull yourself up by your bootstraps unless you want to have sex with someone then you can
0: yeah well <laughs> even then you have to be like a you an know,
1: attractive desirable person a woman Is that yeah, yeah. only yeah, like homo. women yeah only women that's true yeah
0: dudes dudes have no chance <laughs> one of the one of the in the dwarven common commoner story arc um, one of the things that can happen is your, uh, sister can be, uh, you can have her like trained, uh, to be a fine woman mm-hmm. so that she marries your family into the noble class.
2: Interesting.
1: Now, Mason, I guess I want your perspective on this. It seems like she wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I
2: mean, but why, would, I mean there's, why would you not want to do it? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? But yeah. like.
0: <laughs> Would she want to in a vacuum? Probably not. There's some very heavy societal and economic incentives probably Mm -hmm. pushing her, right? Mm -hmm. She does want to. She's very happy, but it's like to escape poverty.
1: because of the societal pressures. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. (laughs) Even
0: like when you revisit Orzammar later in the game and she's like in Balin's house, she's she doesn't talk about like Balin. She's like, oh, the crime lord who got me here did me like so good. We like sleep on beds and stuff. <laughs> it's great. She doesn't talk about her, her husband, you know? Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh yeah, I'm not living in Dust well, Town yeah, anymore. She
1: talks about all the things that her and your mom have now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what
2: happened to your dad?
1: We don't know. He's not
2: present. Okay. He's not present. He's
1: just not in the picture. Yeah. Your mom is, like, a ineffectual alcoholic. You don't even get to... She's like a reprobate. ...interact with her. So, effectively, the, um, the dwarf commoner story, what happens is you're working for a crime lord, because what else are you going to do? And you have to rig a fight. And when you go to rig this fight, what happens is... The person who is supposed to be fighting and winning is passed out drunk and you have to go. I don't know how many options there are, but I'm pretty sure you have to put their armor on and go fight, right? I don't think there's any other thing you can do. And so you go and you do this and you fight and you get found out eventually. But after you get found out, you get sent down into not... Or Zamart, well, you get taken in by the actual dwarf cops. Dwarf Cops, but then you get moved to Crime Lord's jail, and you have to escape from there, and eventually I'm pretty sure there's no option, you just end up killing the Crime Lord. And then and while you're doing this, Duncan, who is currently the leader of the Grey Wardens in Fereldon, is watching you and recruiting and looking for people and ends up picking you at the end of this.
2: Yeah, for the mages, Dun- Duncan just like shows up and is like, "I want some mages. <laughs> uh,
0: you look good. Yeah, I'll take you <laughs> you have no autonomy, so you're coming. Yeah. You're coming with me."
2: Yeah, he literally goes to the first enchanter and is like, "I'm looking to recruit some mages into the into the Gray Wardens." And first enchanter is like, "Ah, well, you know, we'll
0: see about it." And then you walk in, he's like,
2: "What about that guy?"
0: <laughs> it's not exactly that, but that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> I actually think the next segment, the the battle after you become a Gray Warden, is like one of the coolest ones, um, just because it, that part of the story highlights like what the Gray Wardens are, mm-hmm. um, and like what Ferelden society has to do in order to stave off Darkspawn, and it's <laughs> like, it's like really, it's sick and gruesome. It is so. In order to become a Grey Warden, one of the things that the Darkspawn do when they go to make new Darkspawn to expand their army is they will feed bits of Darkspawn flesh to people, which will cause them to go crazy and eventually turn into Darkspawn if they don't... zombies. Yeah. If they they don't like fend off... It's reverse zombies, but if they don't like fend off the sickness, which you can't... You can like live it, but you just become... Uh, kind of like an, an insane person so what wardens will do is they'll drink a very small amount of uh, a, like a non-lethal amount of darkspawn blood which is lethal to some people because some people will just simply die and they get like killed on the spot so they don't become darkspawn uh, and then the survivors have like are like just enough connected with darkspawn that they can like sense when the armies rise up from the deep roads to to start a blight so like you have just like a you have like a innate part of you that has like done this horrific thing that for most people is like a fate worse than death and they keep it very secret so that you can they can continue to recruit gray wardens because otherwise no one no one would do it can always like turn it down
2: mm-hmm. well kind of mages
0: can't but you know they're not people
2: well, well <laughs> I mean, he killed that guy. Duncan did kill a guy.
0: Well, they it's, they have to keep it secret. Yeah. No, you can turn out being a gray warden. Yeah. Once you once Up you go through the once you go through the ritual called the joining. Well, he didn't go through the ritual. Yeah, you're done.
2: He didn't go. He, he was at the ritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> He's there.
2: I don't think it was just. I personally don't think it was justified for Duncan to kill that guy. I don't remember his name.
1: I don't know. I think Duncan did what he had to do. I mean, the dude would have died anyway. He would have well, died. died. He would have died. So <laughs> that guy was never
0: making it through the joining. Well, yeah, but not even the joining. He would have. Yeah. So he would have told everyone there'd be no more he gray wouldn't. wardens. Why
1: would he do that? Because, because he because he wants to. If even
0: I, one person
1: were to actually go around and like, so that's the interesting thing I think about this whole world, right? Is like there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. I think it's mostly
2: exclusively bad stuff that happens.
1: And so like the fact that they can maintain society at all is impressive to me. Uh, Miracle. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I was, I was going to get into this soon, but I guess to give everyone context for the people we were talking about, after you are recruited by Duncan you end up going into some wilds to gather some things, including Darkspawn Blood yourself, with a few people, including a- another gray warden. Sir
0: Joffrey? Is that his name? No,
1: you're, talk- you're talking about Alistair. I'm talking about Alistair. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the guy that dies. Oh, I don't uh, I don't they they, they all die. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, sorry, the, name the names maybe. aren't super important. Yeah and the most the, the other people who were to go through the joining with you uh, are not successful yeah uh, <laughs> one of them one of them drinks
2: the dark spawn blood and dies and the other one having seen the first guy drink the dark spawn blood and die tries to leave
1: and then duncan kills him mm-hmm. well, and i mean my other thing i don't know the thing about the justification and all that like who is the guy that gets killed is the guy who gets killed the criminal no no No. he's just like a family man oh well (laughs) damn you know what now that
0: i'm thinking about it now that we're talking about it i don't think duncan is justified because duncan is the recruiter yeah yeah it's true so he recruited that guy yep Mm-hmm. Thinking that he would be a good gray, warden. a good yeah. gray warden, and then the dude chickens out, and Duncan's like, "Well, now I, have to kill I you. know that I brought you here, and I promised you this life mm-hmm. as a as a exclusive warrior that's like got special diplomatic powers everywhere. But now I have to kill you because I did a bad job.
1: Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, I I don't know.
2: It, it, I f- I feel like to be a gray warden, you really need to like not have a lot of ties. Yeah, which." I think if you look at most of the backgrounds that are uh, available, your character doesn't have a lot of ties, regardless of like whatever state you end up in. Mm-hmm. Even so, I, you know, my playthrough, I did a mage, but then I've, over the last like week, I've been watching like a compilation of cutscenes from the game. And there, this person did the noble background. And even the noble background, your family, like the only family you really end up with is your brother, and your brother is like, in the front lines of that bad, that first battle with the Grayspawn, so it's like he's probably dead. I didn't watch far enough into it to find out <laughs> if he's actually dead or not. But like you know, the dwarvish background it sounds like you don't have a lot of tie with your family. The mage one, you definitely don't. So it's just like the concept that you would cr- you would recruit someone who has a wife mm-hmm. and a kid on the way, if I remember correctly, or just has a kid. It's just like it seems just irresponsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Alistar, and are skipping over some part, but Alistar <laughs> is like an orphan bastard, right? Like yeah. that's his thing. So like he 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 knows his ties, but he doesn't want his ties. Yeah. So I just it's just weird to I don't think Duncan's justified because like you look you look at a man just for the relationships around him, and it's like yeah. how do you how do you think this is what you
0: need in your army or
2: you or or is it just that you're this desperate? I think something. they were
0: desperate cuz a lot of people talk about in the game how there's no gray wardens right now. There there's so few in Ferelden. But like that would the guy who do, who Duncan kills would be the person you want to save. Yeah. Not the person who who needs to do the saving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah.
2: know. Yeah. It's just weird to me cuz it's like it, it, you survive, right? Mm-hmm. So what's to stop you from going and
1: telling people, "Hey, you're yeah. gonna die in this ritual. You might. You might yeah. die in this ritual, right? Yeah, that's that's true. I I I didn't even think about it that hard because he spends a little time with yeah. those guys. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it had a big effect on me because I I remember playing that scene. I was like, wow, Duncan's a horrible person. Uh-huh. Honestly, like I I understand why he has to do it because there needs to be Gray Wardens to like fight this zombie horde, but it's like you know ends and means. Does, is it justifiable to kill people, to keep these things away? and and I guess
0: it is to a point, but you know, speaking of which, but can I please talk about the society in this game?
2: Sure. you gotta jokerfy a little bit.
0: Everyone is such a fucker. Uh-huh. I, every one of the NPCs and the factions are such huge pieces of shit for you to you for no reason. Sometimes <laughs> even against their own best interests. Yeah, right. It's like, true. It's- everyone double crosses you. Mm-hmm. All the people uh, have some ulterior motive. They're like using you to capture political power, mm-hmm. but it's just like there is provably a blight. Everyone knows about it because the dark spawn are moving like around killing people, and if they would just let you go unimpeded, stop throwing you in jail or trying to get you killed, you would save the world which demonstrably Needs to be saved. Yeah, Yeah. like the dark spawn only really come around when there's a blight, and they're out. They're like covering half the continent, slaughtering people. And like Mm -hmm. the main character is the guy, and yet there's like bands of roving assassins, and there's barls and dukes that fucking lock you in jail and shit.
1: That is Logain's fault, though. Yeah. That okay. That is so. Like let's. Let's maybe uh, talk about what happens immediately after the joining, and then we can get into Loghain a little bit. Uh, so, after you're joining, you prepare for the first battle against the first big wave of Darkspawn. And during this, you're introduced to the King of Ferelden and his best general, Terran Loghain. You prepare for this battle. Duncan assigns you and Alistair to go do some other stuff during the battle, not take part in the front lines of the battle and you set up a plan where you are being sent to light a beacon to tell Loghain when to attack to reinforce the army that is being led by the king and Duncan. So you do all this, you fight through this battle, you get up to the top of the tower, you like the beacon, Loghain sees the beacon and leaves. Or orders a retreat. (laughs)
2: Immediately. Immediately.
0: He can't see the battle like it's just very clear from the beginning. He's just flat out betraying the yeah. king. There's no gray. There is no gray. <laughs> and it's the the stakes are the apocalypse is coming. It's half a mile away from you. The apocalypse is literally within you can see it. It's mm-hmm. within eyesight. And he's like, This would be a perfect like uh. Yeah. Yeah. And so what
1: follows is a cutscene of you watching Duncan and the King die,
0: mm.
1: and <laughs> the funny, the funniest thing to me about this is that
2: Logan waits for you to light the beacon before leaving, and I, ju- I'm so curious as to what he would have done if the beacon didn't get lit, because yeah. you know what if in in the alternative in the you know parallel universe. Where you and your party get killed by the dark spawn that are in the tower. Does he still leave? I would assume so. Yeah. There's also
0: a world where the first wave beats wins the battle against the dark spawn. Yeah. Logan isn't needed, and he doesn't have the opportunity. Yeah. It was uh-huh. like a crime of opportunity because if the beacon's lit, he knows that the king's about to get fucked up. Right. So when he sees it, he like knows, like, okay, now I put the plan into action.
2: Yeah. I just never I guess I never really understood Loghain's, like, motivation. Other than just, like, he, I want to be the powerful guy.
1: So his motivation is, one, he wants to be the powerful guy. Two, we've discussed there's no Grey Wardens in Ferelden. Yeah. Loghain is a veteran of the War for Freedom yeah, against, against Orlay. Yeah, Orle. yeah. And Orlay is where most of the... Gray wardens who would be coming to help would be coming from, and for some reason in his head, who's just racist. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, motherfucker. Uh, 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 very. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it, it. It's
2: weird to me because, like, I, I guess, well, you know, and this is back in an era of game design where you know you didn't necessarily. I'm not, and I don't even want to say necessarily that Logan could have been a
1: sympathetic villain. Yeah, I just feel like they could have given him. I would have liked a little bit more depth. Yeah. See. See. Here's the reason that I'm not asking these questions. When I read this game was inspired by A Song of Ice and Fire. For people who don't know the Game of Thrones books, every decision like that, I I started just not thinking too hard about it because I'm like, okay. They were, they they just love Game of Thrones. So, Loghain making the Game of Thrones choice makes, yeah. I don't want to say it makes sense to me. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not against it. I, yeah.
2: I don't want it to be like that. I'm against like the way they characterize him. Mm-hmm. It's just I I think it's just very. I think it's just more typical of the the era that Dragon Age is from that we don't really see a lot of depth from him. But I would I. Th- think if they were to revisit a remake of this game today which i have seen like discussions of them thinking about doing it it would be cool to like flesh out his character a little more and just Mm -hmm. give him give him just like some you know some seasoning some salt and pepper i think
0: i think the thing with this game is it's like basically like a grand epic as far as video game goes as video games go as far as video game length goes yeah that's true but like Because they were still constrained by a lot of technical things like, you know, this had to be able to play on consoles, Mm -hmm. and people only had certain size, like hard drives and stuff, like, some things have to be shortened, have to be cut, Sure, right? They're introducing, like, hundreds of characters in this game. It's not like Road 96, where there's only, like, six or seven different named characters. You can explore each very fully.
2: I agree. I just believe that if they were to remake it today, they could tighten they might like tighten down like some of the like npc interactions Mm -hmm. yeah and then just use it as a way to like further develop and explore because even a lot of the dialogue you have with like your direct companions
1: that are in your party is fairly cut and dry oh yeah it that's actually a problem i have with the companions in general in this game is like you can have like maybe four conversations with them like if you click all the text options on them when you get them most of the time, that will never change. Yeah, you've clicked all of them and had all those conversations. I understand that that's because this is a game from a different time, but like it's also a little confusing because I thought there would be more to it.
2: Yeah. Well, and and like the only party member you have that ends up getting flushed out is Morgan, and that's mostly because they're setting her up for like use in the future and future the next dragon dragon age inquisition
0: and what a shame because morgan sucks <laughs> god she sucks so much mm-hmm. but we can they try to
1: justify it we 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 actually need to get into that why don't, why don't we just like cover
0: yeah. companions as an umbrella oh okay can, did you have that. a favorite did you have a favorite um zevron Zevron has the most like understandable motivations. His story plays out in the most like understandable way, and he's very relatable to me.
1: Yeah. I didn't get to have time to talk to Zevron, so Ooh. the bad thing happened.
0: Unfortunate.
1: Mm. We'll get to
2: that. My favorite companion is the dog. Uh, yeah, the, the like dogs. The, I mean, dog. obviously, the dog is the best.
1: Yeah. Like I would say, the person I enjoyed talking to the most was like Liliana, because like she's like one of the more knowledgeable people about the world in general. She has
2: the most. She does the worst. She does the most world building of any of the characters.
0: I am surprised. You and I, every time you talked about the game, I was like, "We're playing the same." (laughs) I cannot stand Liliana. Well, I want to be honest. I
1: think that my like liking of Liliana is from
0: dragon age inquisition oh okay
1: i played dragon age inquisition and i used her a lot in dragon age inquisition and dragon age inquisition fleshes out the characters way more yeah. gives them way more depth makes them way more interesting but that's not the game we're talking about right. <laughs> my favorite
2: my 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 next favorite companion though is stem I like Stan. Stan's cool. I just like that he's—he's he's just a very straightforward. I like he, he has a kind of mysterious air about him because he's just like you. It's I like it because you learn a lot about him and his people mm-hmm. by the way he acts and not what he tells you, right? You know, everyone. You know, everyone else is like, oh, I'm gonna. This is my back. You know, it, Morgan's like, oh, this is my backstory, yeah. and this is what happened to me with Flemeth and like all this other stuff and Sten's just like I want to fight things Mm -hmm. and kill them (laughs) ideally and like you're doing a really bad job leading us because we're supposed to be fighting and killing things and we're just not doing that so I want to fight you just to make sure we're on the we're on the up and up
0: I found he was a little troublesome in that way yeah specifically Mm -hmm. from that specific trait of his that he always wants to be in the midst of battle. I was doing the Urn of Sacred Ashes part yep. of the game, oh, right. which is a required story quest. It is not a side quest. And he would like chime in and be like, hey, why are, where is where are the darkspawns? Should be fighting darkspawn right now. <laughs> Notice we're not. And then I would get like, Sten disapproved minus 10. I'd be like, what? We have to so, help this guy.
1: So hilariously... The only place I used Sten a lot was the Dark Roads, so I never.
0: Oh, he loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he ate that shit up.
1: Sicko. God. <laughs> that was when I benched Morgan because I got tired of wiping every combat. Yeah, uh.
0: <laughs> it was when I benched. It was when I benched Liliana. That's what. That's when I really started to turn on Liliana because I was like, it's oh, so hard to outfit I got, rogues.
1: I got so. Oh my god! This is such a dumb aside. I got her ranger AI to work. I had Spectre as a ranger. I set all of. I took the time to set all the tactics right, oh so she god. didn't go and just stand in the middle of a group of enemies.
0: <laughs> I never touched the tactic it, system. That might yeah, be why I sucked at the game. Yeah.
1: So, so the tactic system, like that's why I used her, is because she's spec as a ranger and that's what i needed i have plenty of melee combatants i have a mage i need somebody with a bow and yeah. she's like your only option
0: well so, I, I played a ranger with a bow so oh,
1: oh okay <laughs>
0: i made her go into daggers and uh, then i got zevron and Zevron. i was gonna say zevron is better much her. better at that <laughs> so i ended up benching her a lot hmm
1: how how much do we want to talk about Morgan? Do we want to- not too much?
0: Okay, I feel so, like
1: her. I feel
2: like her story is the most is like she's really the only companion that actually has a
0: story. Yeah, she. Yeah, but
2: she it's even that is just like please free me from Flemeth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole thing.
0: I think Flemeth is a really cool character. Flemeth is a much Very cooler character okay. than Morgan is. So yeah.
1: I have to stop here and ask you guys to explain this to me because I hated Morrigan so much for just not caring about the people in trouble that we like yeah. ran into that I didn't want to talk to her.
0: Right. So, you know at the beginning of the game where your Grey Warden buddies are like, uh-oh, this is the Witch of the Woods. Mm-hmm. So, Witch of the Wilds. Witch of the Wilds. Flemeth is the Witch of the Wilds, not Morrigan. They kind of mistake her for it at the beginning. Turns out... What's happening is Flemeth is this immortal being. Every so often she'll go out into the world and she'll have a bunch of children until she has a daughter. Mm. She'll raise the daughter uh, to be like young. This is going to sound gross. A young age where she can like breed and have more uh-huh. kids. And then she'll, through magic, transfer, kill the daughter and transfer her consciousness into the dead body. Uh-huh. So she lives forever by way of like zapping herself into her new kid yep mm-hmm. um morgan is getting to the age where Flymouth is like her Flemeth is obviously very old she's close to dying so morgan thinks it's about time where Flymouth is gonna take over for her the way you learn this is you find flemouth's basically diary it's like in a, in the mage's tower i
2: don't remember whether they're for it's like
0: a codex the black the, book the, the, the black book um you find that and it's like a special morgan only gift it starts the Flemeth quest eventually you can You can kill Flemeth. You can go to kill Flemeth. She's a very hard level 20 dragon. Uh, She's very difficult. Yeah. Um, But Morgan suspects, like, you get Flemeth's, like, actual spell book, and Morgan will be like, oh, um, she's, like, just going to reform her body, but I'm going to run away so where she can't find me, ever. Um, If you leave her alive, Morgan seems to suspect that Flemeth is going to be able to find her. She's just kind of buying time trying to get her plan if you don't kill Flemeth is like try to hide long enough to where Flemeth's body dies and then she dies but if you kill her um, she'll be like oh I think like there's a really good chance that I'm gonna hide myself so far away she can't find me and I'm gonna have your kid yeah so that was the thing that came into my mind at the end of the game is like you're having a kid sounds awful suspicious Oh, the kid has a really powerful soul in it. Hmm, yeah, you know, I wonder why you want that—the like, soul of an old god. Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly you're just gonna fucking do what Flemeth did. You're oh, just making right. sure your kid's yeah, magic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, spoilers for the end of the game.
2: Yeah, I almost I, wonder if like they wanted to you to engage more with the narrative, uh-huh. and so as a result of that, they felt that if they made the companions. It, and this is like I don't think this would be true today, but in, in the day and age where they made Dragon Age Origins, if they felt maybe they felt like if they made the companions too compelling, then you might pull away from like the, the story they were trying to tell. And I think that is, and we see that that is something Bioware gets away from because the next game they make is Mass Effect Two, which has like your your party members have like very strong emotional ties to you and like the story as it unfolds to
1: me i remember nothing of mass effect 2's main narrative i only remember hanging out with the companions and doing the companion quests well it's because and i I don't
2: want to get too deep into it but it's because it's because those quests are so important to how the main narrative plays out especially at the end but i don't want we're not spoil. We didn't spoil. We didn't do a spoiler talk for Mass Effect Two, so like, I shouldn't get it. <laughs> let's that. not get into that.
1: <laughs> um, let's talk about
2: Redcliffe a little bit.
1: So, part of your joining quest was grabbing treaties from the Gray Wardens for mages, elves, humans, and dwarves to say they are contractually obligated to help you fight the blight. And immediately after Loghain runs away, you and Alistair kind of pass out and end up maybe die. But Morrigan and Flemeth save you. And effectively what happens is Flemeth tells Morrigan you have to go with them and you make your way out of the woods and into a town called Lothering. I don't think we need to talk about Lothering much. It's effectively a bunch of side quests. And this is where you find out that Loghain (laughs) says the Grey Wardens killed the king instead of him killing the king. That's the thing that matters in Lothering is you find out Loghain has framed you for the killing of the king. And so after this, you have the choice of going to one of those four places to try to get the assistance of each of those races in fighting the Blight, and that's the big main meat of the game. So Redcliffe is where you would go to find Arl Eamon, who would be your human connection yeah. for your treats, Your
2: most trusted human at this point, because you know you can't go talk to Terran Loghain because he'll just kill your ass. Uh, the reason I want to talk about Redcliffe first and is because I thought it was pretty interesting to learn how... Differently, things can play out and depending on which order you do things in. Mm. So, I personally went to Orzammar first, uh, but in the video I watched, they went to Redcliffe first. And, you know, the first section of Redcliffe pretty much plays out the same where... The town gets invaded by the undead, you have to fight them off, you have to gain the trust of the villagers. And then Tegan's like, you know, I'll show you, I'll show you the way into the tunnel, like tunnels under the castle, so that you can get in and like fix whatever's going wrong. So one thing that I thought was interesting is if your rapport is good enough with Alistar, Alistair will tell you during all this going on his like backstory. And he will tell you that he is the bastard son of the previous king, which Mason, I know you didn't get in your playthrough. Sure didn't. Oh, I um, did get that. I don't think I... Did I even have him with me during Rick Cliff? Uh, I don't think you had him out. Yeah, that would probably... Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. might, that might have made a difference. So so that's like one thing I found interesting is like just that information not getting revealed until later into that section of the game. After you sneak into the castle, in the jail uh, cells down in the basement, there is... Joan 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 uh who is the mage that has been poisoning the Arl and also was training Connor the son of the Arl because he is Connor is a mage and you have the option to either free him or leave him to rot or kill him on the spot essentially so if you choose to free him he will accompany you up into the main castle where you learn that Connor has been possessed by a demon and is now kind of in control of the castle. He has mind control powers essentially and can summon the undead and all this other stuff. But if you had done the mage tower first and done that, you can get the you can go fetch the first enchanter and have the first enchanter help you with the ritual to remove the demon from Connor's body. But if you haven't done that and you free the if you feed free Joan, you can have Joan do blood magic to help get into the fade and Connor to free him from the shackles of the demon, and to do this, Isolde, who is Connor's mother and the Auralis, uh sacrifices herself. So the uh, Joan extracts the blood from her body and uses it in place of the lytherium,
1: um, or, or you'll say lyrium. Lyrium, lyrium yeah, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because some of the names in this game are yeah. so
1: hard. Yep.
2: So instead of using lyrium, he essentially extracts the blood from her body and uses it. And later on, Alistar is just pissed at you for allowing a blood mage to do something so drastic. And I th- I just thought it was interesting to mm-hmm. see how differently that scene can play out. Just because there's some things in this game that always happen exact almost exactly the same no matter how you do it. I watched in Mason's playthrough you sent in the first enchanter into the fade. Yeah and in this person's playthrough they sent more again into the fade. And it didn't really make a difference. It was the same dialogue from the demon and everything. So it was really refreshing to see how much of a difference like not going to the Mage's Tower first and freeing Joan made on that like the impact it made on that scene.
1: Yeah. And and so uh for me, that is exactly what I did. I freed Joan because I wasn't sure what was going on. And I think an interesting part of the sold thing... So I had not gone to the Mage Tower first. I actually went to Redcliff first. So you do all this, you help these people. And to me, when you're doing this and you feel the urgency of what's happening, if you free Joan and you go up and you listen to ESOLD, part of the reason you're here is... And dealing with this is because Arl Eamon has been poisoned by Joan. Isold knew this was happening and is part of the reason why it happened. She didn't want Joan to do it, but Joan is not a circle mage. And because her son was showing magical aptitude, her options were send him away to the circle or get instruction from an apostate. I personally was like, I haven't been to the circle. We can't leave. If we leave, the people will die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was fine with using the blood magic. By the way, if you have a high persuasion, you can make Alistair less pissed at you for using the blood magic in that situation. You
0: just persuade him that the stakes were high enough.
1: Yeah. It, it that is, I think that's my favorite thing about this game. Is if you spec for high persuasion, you can get away with so much. Yep, absolutely. <laughs>
0: yep. I did the same thing.
2: <laughs> your skills matter a lot. Yeah, like the the way that you, the way you spec your skills
1: can like very much change the narrative, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, so if you go and get the first Enchanter, does it? They don't have to kill Isolde, and she lives. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: So they, the so this is what happened in my playthrough. Mm. Um, they explained all the options. Joan is like, well, we can do this. It requires a sacrifice. And, you need and free Joan. No, but they bring him up. I left him in the jail cell. They just bring him up and and start consulting options. Isolde will be like, all right, uh, I'm ready to sacrifice myself. And then you just step in and you're like, wait a minute, the major circle owes me one they'll they have lyrium just like wait just like wait like one day i'm gonna go fetch them they're really close by and it's there's no downsides no one dies the kid doesn't mind control anyone um you just go get them and they arrest joan after the events of the of the quest
2: which i guess that's technically like a negative consequence if you see it that way
0: it depends on your it depends on your he's an assassin he like He's like a murderer. He's like totally okay to murder a guy. He's a bad person. He might be repentant. He might be sad for what he did, but he did try and kill a guy for the bad guy. Like he deserves to go to jail for some amount of time for that. I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't think it was that bad. And I mean, the Arl, the Arl is actually kind of gracious
1: because I mean, the Arl is literally just at like he could just kill him.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, but and he'd be perfectly in his rights. Yeah, and that guy tried to kill him first. <laughs>
1: now you know what? Since we're talking about Tim Raider's mages, why don't we talk about what happens
0: at the Mages Circle? Yeah, I, I the major. I love the Mages Circle. I
2: like I I like a lot of aspects. I like the world building of the Mages Circle.
0: the The Mages Circle is the only dungeon that doesn't overstay its. Oh welcome. sure, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure.
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> the only one I was like, oh, this concluded at the perfect time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you go to the mage's circle, after resolving things at Red Cliff in the case of what we're talking about, you get there and they don't want to let you go. The circle is on lockdown and you have to, the Templar blocking your way is annoying.
0: Yeah, he's such a piece.
1: (laughs) Like, you have to do so much just to get him to let you go there.
0: You didn't persuade him? I did persuade him. Oh, yeah.
1: It's just like I had to talk to him in circles. I think maybe I didn't have a high enough persuasion the first time I talked to him. I
0: feel like saying I'm a Grey Warden should be enough for the Templars of all people.
1: Yeah. And so you go there, and things are not good. What has happened is there has been a revolt in the Mage Tower.
0: Hold on, hold on. Let him cook. Good. Let the revolters cook. Hold on. <laughs> Keep going. Let's hear him out. So, a
1: subset of the mages in the mage tower have just started completely converting mages into demons. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you had me and you lost me. Just, just straight up blood magic into demon. No, like, we want to be free. No. <laughs> Just we're gonna take everybody and turn people into demons, and if they don't want to be a demon, they die. <laughs> and so when you get there, and this is explained to you, high templar, high templar, the, the the captain is like, I mean, you can go in if you want, you'll probably die. We're you, you we're, no, we're not helping you. I've got I've asked for Order sixty six to be executed. Yep. I'm. I don't remember what it's called, but he's effectively asked for clearance to kill all the mages. You are given the opportunity to go in and save them, but if you can't save them, they're all gonna die. You go in. uh you see, one of my favorite game mechanic companions, Win.
0: Yeah, Win I, is. I didn't amazing. talk to her
1: much, but man, what a healing...
0: great. <laughs> What a great companion. (laughs) Spirit healer, busted. Because it's the only one. (laughs) You better bet I maxed out that fucking skill tree. I was just like, you be the best healer you can win.
1: (laughs) And so you make your way up the tower. Most of it is killing blood mages. Uh, The one blood mage surrenders. I let them go because i in my playthrough i was trying to minimize actually killing people and even though this is a blood mage who probably did bad things i just if they were going to surrender and not keep fighting either like where were they going to go they were going to go to the templars and die and but as you climb you run into probably the most mechanically interesting dungeon thing in the game where you walk into a room with a sloth demon in it Demons in the Dragon Age world by the way are named after some of the seven deadly sins. I don't actually think there's seven. There's no, there's five. There's, there's, there's five, rage, yeah.
0: lust, sloth, pride, and I can't remember the last one. Wrath? wrath? Wrath. Rage, lust, sloth, pride, wrath
1: maybe. Yeah. The sloth demon puts your party to sleep and effectively puts everyone in the fade. And then you have to do like loose literal like lucid dreaming dungeon. Where you transform into things and go through it, and you end up fighting the sloth demon. You meet a mage in there called Nial, voiced by Liam O'Brien from Critical Role.
0: Crazy. Crazy. And- <laughs> Young Liam.
1: And he is the one who helps like guide you through it, and he is also the person who was trying to stop the blood mages in the first place. However, once you make your way through the sloth demon's dungeon, you effectively get to the end. You kill the sloth demon and yells, like, yeah, I'm dead. <laughs>
0: it, it's. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It, He's just like, ah, you can't help me. Yeah. I've been here too long. <laughs> what's been going on for like a week, man? You're yeah, fine. Probably you need water, but.
1: <laughs> it's legitimately sad. Um,. You get out, you loot Liam's corpse to get the uh, litany of something or other, which it, it, <sighs> this dungeon was so cool compared to every other combat encounter. Yeah, in true. This game. <laughs> it's the
0: only one that had a mechanic like this.
1: Yeah, and so this litany is an activated item that you need to make sure you put in your hotbar before you go to where you're actually going to fight the real final boss. Imagine
0: who- having a hotbar, gar- hot PS3, gang. Let's go. <laughs>
1: you make your way up to the final boss and you see a Templar in a force field. Crazy magic's going on. I don't actually know why he was there besides just to be tortured. Uh, Because when you talk to him, the mages have been screwing with him. Uh, But he also just, I don't know why they haven't killed him. I don't know why they haven't done anything with him. He's just there. Uh, And he is where you make the big decision for this dungeon, which is do you kill all the mages in the room or not Uh, his argument which is very weak to me is some of them are blood mages that means all of them are blood mages kill them all
0: yeah (laughs) i (laughs) i think like the evidence for his argument is supposed to be you're surrounded by the consequences of what can happen if you fuck this up Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. You can see all around you the stakes. Right. They they're just like immediately all around you you've been fighting through them. Mm-hmm. You like walk into rooms and there's mages who have literally gone crazy just trying to not be blood mages and are like killing themselves over it. Uh,
1: did you find the guy hiding in the cabinet as you made the way I through the did. I did.
0: <laughs> I later got a side quest where I had to go visit him. Oh. <laughs> it was wild. He was bo- he was he was participating in illegal commerce.
1: Oh. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I made the decision to not kill the mages. Did y'all also make the decision? Tomorrow? Yeah, I didn't kill the
2: mages. There's no reason to. Yeah. Also, that I was my own kind, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so what happens is you go in and you see the guy. I didn't talk to him. I just watched you turn this guy into a demon. I'm gonna kill you. Uh... <laughs>
0: Same thing I did Uh, (laughs) Oh that was another reason I didn't choose to fight the mages Because this was when I was still playing on normal difficulty And not casual Uh, Um, So I was like I'm not going to add extra Enemies to any of these (laughs) encounters I'm going to ruin my save file And so what happens is the
1: dude turns into, like, a giant, like, twice the size of an ogre thing, and you're fighting this guy, and there's, like, an actually cool mechanic where you have to be watching what he's doing, because he will periodically, through the fight, try to turn another mage into a demon. And if you use the litany, that will stop him from actually being able to do that. Such a cool thing. And then, uh... If you don't kill all the mages and you do that fight, you save the first enchanter. Everything works out. You talk to them. You bring them down to the Templars. And so I thought that this was like a really compelling interaction where when you bring Irving down because you haven't killed him because you're not insane, he interacts with the head Templar and the head Templar is like, hey, Irving, is everything okay? And Irving says, yeah. And the head templar is like cool, like <laughs> <laughs> and and so the guy you saw in the barrier was like now nah, we gotta kill him. And then <laughs> the head templar was like, well, you're not the head templar, so fuck you. <laughs>
2: yeah, I like Irving. <laughs> Irving Irving is like the main redeeming quality for the circle of made made magi for me.
0: He's like Magi. They call it, They pronounce it Magi, which makes me so angry. Yeah, they. Um. He's like one of the more level-headed NPCs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Can I talk about the Elf Quest since you've both yeah. talked about yours? So going into this game, what I remembered was a very paint-by-numbers genre piece of a fantasy, like a high fantasy thing, right? Um. And then when I went to go do the Elf side quest, I really that was when it like first hit me. How good the writing in the game was for a high fantasy piece. You arrive in the forest uh, where the elves are uh, to find two warring factions of elves who are trying to reclaim this lost forest as a homeland because they're pretty, they're like nomadic during the events of the game, and werewolves. And it seems like it's going to be very cut and dry. The head elf tells you, like, well, we didn't used to have this problem, but these werewolves were humans from a very long time ago. And what they did was they killed a human or they killed an elven child. And ever since then, we've been at bitter war with one another. And it's like, okay, elves, good guys, obviously they're elves. We all get it. Werewolves, bad guys, they're big scary monsters. We get it. Along the way, you learn some like very interesting little tidbits. Some of the elves will be like, oh, yeah, a lot of the humans think we're immortal. Actually, it's just the leader. He's the he's the only one who's like found the secret. To be or still has the secret of being immortal, and that's why he's the leader. Um, you're like, okay, that's interesting. You go into the forest to start hunting down these werewolves, commit werewolf genocide, basically is what he asks of you. They start talking to you. They're like stand, they're bipedal. They're talking to you. They're like, hey, you're not. This is not where you belong. This is our territory. You just need to leave. And they run off when you fight them. It's like okay, well, that's a little weird. So now we've got like this mounting series of like little undermines of of the way these stories go, and eventually, uh, you make your way through this very long series of side quests and dungeons that, like a lot in this game, way overstay their welcome. Brings you to the center to this court of werewolves, and they don't immediately attack you because they're like, hey, the entire time you've made your way there, they've like fought you and retreated and fought you and retreated. And you finally get into their sanctum, and they're like, "Well, we know you can like win against us in a fight. We've done this. Please, we'll do. We'll do whatever you ask. Please just don't, don't make any rash decisions." And you know the wheels are like really turning at this point. Like, why? You know, like these guys seem like very reasonable. I'm in, yeah. I'm invading their home, which mm-hmm. is like a ruined, shitty castle. Um, you get to the center, you find this woman who is the the leader of the werewolves. You see her in all these very male gazy cutscenes oh, yeah. where she's like fondling her titties she, and you uh, see her like
1: you do in a lot of Imagine a very humanoid dryad.
0: Yeah, a very humanoid dryad with big <laughs> supple ass cheeks that the camera <laughs> really focuses in on. And she's like, Hey, pl- listen, we're not doing anything to these elves. I need you to go back, tell the elf leader, we'll chill, stop and You know, you have the option to be like, well, why did you, like, raid their camp and kill a bunch of them? And, you know, all the werewolves will be like, "They because they deserve it, they're, like, coming out here to kill us all the time, which sounds crazy. So you're – I personally agreed. I was like, okay, I'll go back, talk to the elf guy. Let's try and broker some peace. You find out that he's followed you into their sanctum in order to ambush them, help you in your fight to ambush them. And he says, whoa, what are you doing? I still see her down there. She's not dead. We're going to kill her right now or you're not going to get the help that the Grey Wardens need. And it comes to light that uh, the the child that was killed by the werewolves so long ago was his child. He swore like he caused the curse of lycanthropy to fall upon the humans that would eventually become werewolves and has like never let go of it because his child died.
1: Now, I do want... This curse is bad. I do want to emphasize that it was not just his child died. He had, his child died and his other child was sexually assaulted.
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. It was yeah. it was real bad. Horrible. You, you learn, like, well, he's caused <laughs> centuries of yeah. suffering, but it's very hard to call it some kind of petty revenge <laughs> because, like... I You know, putting yourself in his shoes, it's like, well, yeah, I would do the same thing. That's horrific. And he had to live through it and had to see his children go through it. You learn that he has not discovered elven immortality, as he says to his his little nomadic tribe. He's afflicted himself with the same curse as a way to cast the spell to keep the lycanthropy alive. He's like at the center of all of it. The werewolves haven't done anything. They just want to go back to normal because they're suffering. They're in pain their existence is pain but like this guy he watched something that's like horrific he mm-hmm. had to live through it and, and it was incredible to see that like subversion to see that like yeah. Yeah, not yeah. just be evil nature force good guy elven force and you and you clash and like try and mediate the the elven
1: force is the cause of the evil I'm bunny earring evil here nature force like yeah. he made this happen
0: and he and he he continues he is always making a conscious choice to perpetuate it but what are you going to do fault <laughs> him like he had to watch monstrous things happen to his children it's if also
2: I- it's also like because the elves are essentially the slave race in this society i think there's also like a bit of you know that p- tugging at the player it's like yeah They'll, the elves in general have horrible things happen to them yep. basically all the time. Yep. Yeah. You know? It's not as if the elves are generally a happy-go-lucky
1: society.
0: They're not Lord of the Rings elves. Yeah. Not not by a long shot.
1: Uh so we find all this out.
0: Yeah, and then you have the choice. I mean, he attacks you. I mean, I decided I wasn't going to like I wasn't going to sit here and perpetuate these people in constant misery. I said he's he's going to have to work it out. I understand, but like none of these people are the ones that are responsible for what happened. So you can't keep doing this. He attacks you. You can eventually fight him, talk him down. He fights to the death about it. He fights to the death, and um, I think I had the choice to let him live, but I was like, you no. Uh, There was a lot of so like a lot of choices in this game. I had the choices to spare lives, yeah, but I didn't choose it because the game had beaten into me that. These people were horrible. This society is horrible. So I was like, all right, if you're slavers, I'm sorry. You're going to die. Like I know you're going to do it again. Everyone in this game is a complete bastard. So I killed him. His his second in command kind of took over, and she pledged the elves to me.
1: So, Orzammar.
0: I fucking hate this. <laughs> this portion of the game sucks so bad. <laughs> it is... Did you have a hard time with it, Sam? No. I, I mean, ha- like, I, I was him. talking
2: about difficulty, and then yes. I hate him.
0: I hate him. Uh, I he didn't suffer like we did.
1: Yeah. So Orzammar, uh, you go there and you find out Orzammar. You are actually hearing throughout the game that Orzammar is being closed off. This is because the king of Orzammar has died, <clears throat> and not only has the king of Orzammar died, uh, there's a bunch of he said she said about why the king is dead, and they have to choose a new king. Uh, Pretty much nobody wants to pick the son of the king, Balin,
0: Because he's a progressive.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now, uh, he isn't just progressive.
0: Uh, He's also a fucker like everyone (laughs) else in the world. Don't get me wrong. But Harrowman is also a fucker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but he also wants to keep the caste system. And me, coming from the dwarf commoner background, there was no way I was going to stick with... uh, Harrowmont for Same. various reasons. You
0: said you picked Harrowmont, right? I picked Harrowmont. <laughs> Listeners, you can't see this, but I'm flipping off Sam.
2: I, I, the dwarvish section of the game. I was just I, I felt very just like shut out because I was not a dwarf. Right, which makes sense because they're very like insular insular community, and so I didn't feel like I learned a lot about either of
1: the. Dwarvish candidates for king, and so I just kind of like picked one. Yeah, it makes sense. So with the dwarf commoner part, the very interesting thing is that the noble that your sister has uh, used to move up in the world is Balin. So that's that's why I just chose Balin and didn't care. So I guess, by the way, this is literally most of the story in Orzammar. There's some politics you pick a person and then you spend 4 hours in the deep roads.
0: Oh, you only spent 4 hours? You got to be quick, man.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesus.
2: How about, how about we explain a little bit about what the yeah. deep roads yeah. are? <laughs> Cuz they're very they're very important to world building even though they're not super important to the narrative.
1: <laughs> so the deep roads are the remnants of dwarf society. Previously, there were 12 dwarven tiges.
0: Which is just a fancy word for houses, like clans.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, maybe I shouldn't have said tiger. I should have said city.
0: Yeah. Uh, previously,
1: there were 12 large dwarven cities. And the deep roads were the roads that connected all of their cities. All over the earth, but guess where the dark spawn come from?
0: It will never. I'm gonna take a big bite Could of cereal. Be anywhere. It will never be the deep roads. <laughs> Hold on, I'm taking a bite of cereal. Go ahead and tell us. It's the deep roads.
1: <laughs> and so the dwarven society has to constantly deal with the fact that they. Are the front lines of the most dangerous aspect of the world, period? I think so. The dark, the deep roads are you are exploring the remnants of dwarven society and you are looking for a paragon. A paragon in dwarven society, someone who has gone above and beyond their caste to advance dwarven society forward to effectively
0: be immortalized. They're effectively like living gods. I think, I think the best shorthand would be there, the currently living best dwarf.
1: Yeah, yeah. the currently living best dwarf.
0: The cool guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the last living paragon, Bronca, disappeared into the deep roads two years ago. The reason you have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours crawling through this <laughs> tunnel is is to find that paragon to support whoever you choose to lead the dwarves into the future. Now, there are a bunch of, in my opinion, interesting side quests that happen in Orzammar, but we don't really have time to talk about those. So you dig through the deep roads for hours of mind-numbing combat where there's just literally, they just put 20 enemies and say, this is a combat encounter. Um...
0: And God, the fucking, the <laughs> deep striders, dude, the little oh, velociraptors, Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they don't drop anything, they don't provide experience, they just show up in groups of like 30. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and
1: by, so the most frustrating thing about this is you spend your hours doing this, right? And when you get to what you think might be the end, where you find Paragon Bronca, it locks you in.
0: And you can't leave. And you <laughs> doesn't doesn't tell you this until you're. It, yeah, in. it
1: doesn't tell you this until you get there. And I ran out of healing items by the end of getting to where you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you find uh, I, I guess uh, Ogryn is a character who exists who is looking for Bronca. He's Bronca's husband. He's a companion. He is literally sexual harassment incarnate. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I brought him with me just because. It's his wife. I yeah, mean it's his wife. <laughs> and so you get to Bronca and you find out, oh, actually, you know what? So as you work through the deep roads, you eventually, you fight a bunch of more and more gratuitously horrible Darkspawn. And eventually you run into a woman who has been surviving off of Darkspawn Flesh, but she is still most, I don't want, she's not mostly there, but she's not just going to try to kill you. And you find out that Bronca has been down here, sacrificing everyone in her house to try to get the get to the Anvil of the Void which you have heard was an anvil name made by another paragon that made golems for the dwarves. And the golems were the best defense the dwarves ever had against the Darkspawn invasion. And uh, right after you talk to this creepy lady, you end up fighting a horrible, terrible Darkspawn where I'm not sure if you're supposed to interpret that Bronca turned one of her female house members into this thing.
0: Yeah, that's what I. That's what I thought it was.
1: I'm, and it's a grotesque monster. It is disgusting and a pretty difficult fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you get to Bronca, and Bronca is honestly just kind of okay, except a little bit insane. And it's like, because I thought that Bronca was the terrible, horrible thing. But that's not the case. <laughs> Bronca made this thing, and it—it's oh, it, a very interesting part of the story to me. And then you, so effectively, what Bronca forces you to do by locking you in is to get to the anvil of the void, made by Paragon Kerridan. Keradin is his name. Yep. You do this, and you get through and as you're fighting all these golems and doing all this you get to the anvil and there is a golem who talks to you and that golem is paragon Keradin. and paragon Keradin tells you hey help me destroy the anvil please it's bad it's evil it's it's bad it's evil you're telling me
2: something called the anvil of the void (laughs) is evil believe it, it crazy it
1: made the golems the best defense against the darkspawn except to do it you literally have to extract the soul out of a person and yeah. put it in a golem
0: <laughs> this was I swear to you <laughs> this is where I would decided I wasn't bringing Morgan around anymore because I was down there talking this through and I was like obviously we can't use this thing. Obviously you can't
1: especially with how dwarven society is. Yeah.
0: Right? You, it's just gonna be <laughs> castless people who yeah. get sacrificed. <laughs> obviously, we're not using this. And Morgan was like, Don't you wanna see how powerful it is? like, no? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> would it
2: would it be fine if there was consensual? Yeah, but the uh, like the dwarves obviously won't consent because they, they want their body to go back they want their soul to go back to the stone. Mm-hmm. Right? But
0: Her it was Harrodin, right? Carritin. Carradin. Kerrigan's like, oh, the the power-hungry kings. They just kind of, it's gonna inevitably escalate to a point where they're just gonna start leading people like lambs to a slaughter. Sure. If someone just wants a golem body, that's fine. But like, that's that's not how the thing is. Kind of cool. I want a golem body. (laughs) And so at this
1: point, you have to make a choice because Bronca comes in with her own golems using a control rod. And you either side with Kiradin and go to destroy the anvil, or you side with Bronca to kill Kiradin and give Orzammar the anvil, which, as a dwarf commoner background, there is no way in hell. Never.
0: Never.
1: <laughs> I am going to give current Orzammar that anvil. And hey, would you so- like
0: it if your mom's brain was sucked out of her head and put into a <laughs> rock monster? Are
1: you kidding me? And so you fight Bronca. Bronca dies. Ogryn's upset. You destroy the anvil. Morrigan's upset because all she cares about is power and hating other people. I. (laughs) And.
0: That was another cool one. To be fair, the story was sick. Yeah. I could not because of the length of the Deep Roads dungeon. Yeah.
1: The, The dungeon was way too long. Way, 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 way too long. And there's no fast travel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you kill that brood mother and you're like, that was it, the final yeah. boss. And then there's so much more. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's like two hours after killing what you think is the final boss of that area. Shit,
0: it's the mid-boss. <laughs> it's like the third hardest encounter in the game. That's the mid-boss.
1: <laughs> and so after you do this, Ogryn offers to teleport you out, you go pick your dwarven leader, and the dwarf port of the story is finished.
0: After we've collected all of these treaties, it is now time for the giant uh, political meeting called the Landsmeet, where we confront Terran Loghain for his crimes against the crown. Of course, he resists the whole way, and he tries to make a claim to the throne because his daughter is the wife of the king and
1: right before this lands meet your job is to figure out how to convince everybody Loghain is crap part of this is he was going to kill his daughter part of it is he literally let the current arl of diderum torture people in his basement part of it is he is selling off elves as slaves
0: i don't know how the slave trade isn't enough on its own yeah You can do if you do the sla- I did the slave trade. That was like what I harped on and yeah. I lost yeah, the debate. Too. I was like, Are you guys kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious right now? There's elves here. We've collected the treaties. It's time to face the uh Taryn Loghain in marketplace of ideas. <laughs> We're going to meet him in the fair and free uh, forum of debate, which is heavily stacked against you because the uh terren's daughter is the current ruling queen since the king died your only claim to the crown is alistair the bastard child of the king so most people don't really believe alistair's story Taren loghain has had this propaganda campaign running for the entire time you've been helping people that you killed the king i lost it i lost it I think I was I looked up the mechanics. I think I was pretty close, but I did not I was not able to sway even with all the side quests I did. Did, did either of you guys win the debate? I didn't finish the
1: side quest. If I had finished, I think I would have won.
0: No, I did, I lost. Yeah. Uh, so whether you win or lose, Taryn will challenge you to duel to the death. You can spare him. You can make him join the Grey Wardens as a punishment, which he will survive and make Alistair leave your party, and then Terran Logan takes his place, or you can kill him, which I did, because why, in the name of God, would you let this person live after they continuously try to get you assassinated and fucked with you? Like, I can't see any reasoning to ever keep them alive.
2: I, I can. I didn't. I chose to kill him, but I think there is, like, a poetic justice in, like, forcing him to become a Grey Warden. Yeah, because it's the thing that he's you know he's made an enemy of them, you know he he's repeatedly shirked his duty to actually protect the realm that he is supposed to be king of, and now you are just like forcing him to reckon with the things that he has been actively fighting against, and so like I think if it weren't for Alistar leaving the party as a result of Loghain joining the party, yeah, I think that. I honestly I kind of think that forcing him to become a gray warden would
1: be a better yeah and, like like better path that actually frustrated me cuz I did not want Alistair to leave
0: yeah
1: and so like the way your options work out you cannot have logain and Alistair I actually wanted Anora to be queen because Alistair does not want to be king yeah. Right, he has no interest uh, however if he isn't king Anora kills him or you can force them to get married, and if Loghain lives, Alistair will leave.
0: Can I can I tell you about my incredible interactions with Queen Denora? Sure. You meet her. She puts. She, you have to rescue her essentially from being a captive under one of her father's underlings. She comes to you. And she's like she has sends a servant to you, and she's like, "Well, I want to double cross my father. Please help me." You go, run some like hijinks and japes to get her out of prison she comes out in a disguise and she's like we're gonna sneak out you immediately get caught i mean immediately so me being a smart rational thinking human uh i'm like okay the jig is up i'll just come clean the fact that i'm with the queen and clearly trying to save her because she's in a disguise will mean that everything is cool immediately double crosses me immediately double crosses me Gets me thrown in jail. I break out. She comes to me again. She's like, hey, ooh, sorry I double-crossed you. Can we still, will you advocate for me to be the queen still, even though I double-crossed you? I was like, no, I'm obviously not going to do that. You're a piece of shit, just like everyone else in your family and in this world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so
0: you can either advocate for Alistair to be the king and step down from being the queen, or... Uh, you can, you know, step aside, get out of my way, because the dark spawn are coming. We get to the lands meet and she says she comes up to me and she's like, She double crosses me again. Yeah. She's like, This guy has been trying to assassinate my father and get him, like, you piece of shit. You are the one who came to me to double cross him. She's she's literally in,
1: like, she has to be inspired by Cersei.
0: I hate her so much. Like,
1: she she has to be inspired by Cersei. I, I can't imagine any other inspiration, but, like, they saw Cersei... They read Cersei Lannister, and we're like...
0: It sounds like her character arc. Yeah.
1: Well, a little bit. I mean, there's no incest, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't
0: <all> know. <sighs> but, yeah, so we do the Lansmeet thing. And then, finally... After crowning Alistair King or getting Alistair killed and, and getting Terran Loghain, yep. uh, if you're some kind of reprobate, yeah, <laughs> um, you move on to the final battle. There's a giant Darkspawn siege. You fight through them triumphantly, leading all these armies that you've collected, splitting your party in two. Everyone you take tells you how much they love you and how glad they are to be fighting with the Darkspawn with you. And everyone that you split into the other party is like, wow, you're a huge piece of shit. Why can't I go into the other... I'm like. I got a four people and four people to come. I actually, to
1: ha- I actually didn't have that happen. First off, I didn't have four people because we forgot to talk about the most important thing. What's that? So, killing the Archdemon means a Grey Warden has to die. Yep. In theory. In theory. <laughs> and the only other option is the option Morrigan gives you. Uh, you. You are told by another Grey Warden that you saved from the torture basement. A Grey Warden has to die to kill an Archdemon. He says it should be him, but if not, it's got to be you or Alistair or. Lauren Logan, maybe. And so you're presented with this and you go into your bedroom, and then there's Morrigan. And Morrigan says, Hey, we've got a workaround. If you lay with me in bed, which is the word she uses, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can get me pregnant. And that pregnant baby will absorb the archdemon. It'll be all okay. It'll have be- the soul of an old.
2: <laughs> well, and the reason it will work is because the baby would have the taint, which I hate that they use. The terrible the taint, taint. <laughs> the taint of darkspawn. Um, the baby dark will have Spawn the taint, 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 taint because it is your, it is your child, so it will have a part of the dark
1: of the darkspawn's blood in it already. So the the thing, this is where I ended up sending Morrigan away because if you tell her. No, she says we'll make Alistair. It's weird. And holy shit. It's terrible. That it, she's, she's awful. She has spent the whole game harassing Alistair. Listen kind of Al- everyone. Listen, listen to the Alistair Morrigan party banter, and all she does is talk about how stupid he is. I didn't harp on this in the party section. Morrigan gets mad any time you kind of help someone. Yeah. Her approval drops for almost any, like, minor inconvenience. Which includes side quests. Just doing side quests. And and so I'm like, no, I'm not going to let my only existing friend I have a connection to, I'm not going to ask him, or I'm not... I'm not even going to talk to him about it. You're you're gone. I'm not. I'm sorry, but like that that is irredeemable to him. Effectively asking, say, "Hey, let me rape your friend." Yeah.
0: <laughs> I yeah.
1: I, I no.
0: <laughs> it's horrible. I I don't know. Who, like who wrote that part? Yeah. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of like.
2: <laughs> I, this is something I kind of want to talk about because I, I feel like it's a little indicative of like just the, the way that video games were at the time. Is I feel like a lot of the female characters in this game are very poorly done, in general, and I think it's something we need to like address because other than uh, Leliana, a lot of the women are just like horrible people. When Win is, Win's good. Win's fine. Um, but like even you know, uh, the Arliss of Red uh, Redcliffe, she brought an assassin into her home so that she could try to protect her son. And then like blames what happened on him, even though it's like her responsibility. And even though he didn't technically summon that demon, uh, it was just a result of the poor training because you, your son needed to go like actually get trained by like a good, he needed to go to the circle, honestly. And I just, there's like so many like weird sexual moments that like are just, Like, some of, like, the dialogue you have early on with Leliana is literally, like, oh, do you have sex a lot? I'm just, like, why? This is so strange. And, it's like, there were so many moments where I was just, like, deeply uncomfortable with how some of, like, the female characters are handled. Because most of them, it's one thing when you do it to make a point of, like, this is a strong woman using her sexuality and sensuality to, like make her place in the world because she recognizes it is what she is able to do. And just like sexualizing your characters because you need to like in this, in the context of the game. So like I there, that was like my main disappointment. And I know it's just, but I know it's because a game, the game is like a relic of its
0: time, you know, and influenced by George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Writings.
2: I don't know. I just... I found it... I'm not going to say, like, reprehensible, but, like, I found it it was just disappointing that, like... It's uncomfortable. There were there opportunities to, like, have these be, like, strong female characters. There's great opportunity to make Morgan, like, a very interesting, strong female character, but it's just handled so poorly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, I kind of want to say that I think Leliana is a good example of what you were saying. Like, she used to... Seduce and kill people, yeah,, uh, but she has gone to the tantry and repented, and like she is now trying to be a better person, But looking back, her and Win are like effectively the only female characters that aren't, like, actively out to double-cross people. And that's not to mention that most of the party banter between the male members and female members is sexual harassment. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Yeah, It's It's not
0: great. It's weird. Smaller note, there's, like, less representation. I don't think... So, Zavron is one of the... is the only that I know of male party member that you can romance as a male. Yeah. I think he's, like... Like a decent representation mm-hmm. of, I think he's a bisexual character bi, yeah. at the bi. time.
2: LGBTQ, yeah. yeah I, he's like the, on the he's
0: the only LGBTQ character that I, I think of off the top of my head in the game. Mm-hmm. He's not bad. He's not. No. I mean, he's like written. Yeah. He's handled pretty well. He is, yeah, for the um, time, especially definitely for yeah, the time. Early, early, 2000s. I know, I know for a fact that was one of the things people talked about at the time was Zevron being like a positive representation and it's it's very surprising to me that the women are treated so poorly and so bizarrely yeah. in contrast to him especially oh my god so i'm not proud of this i did take morgan up on her offer to see that ending that sex scene is so uncomfortable your care my character was literally like backing away from her on the bed while and she had this like it's partly because of the very old 3D character models, yeah. her face is, like, horrifying. She's, like, she's doing, like, the rock eyebrow <laughs> raise and, like, crawling towards you while you, like, back away from her with a completely neutral face expression. Oh, it's so weird. Oh, no. It's so bad. And she, like... It ends with her, like, leaning over and blowing out a candle and it goes black. So you don't, like, yeah. see... Yeah, yeah. In no. the in the way that you do with normal sex scenes where everyone's, like, happy and consenting. Uh-huh. Um, it's really... I like regretted it immediately. It was because I, I didn't see anything wrong with it because my character romanced Morgan. That sex scene was weird and bad. Yeah. Final battle. Final battle's awesome. Yeah. Final battle's great. There's not really a lot to say.
2: I, I
1: don't really have a lot to say
2: about it. It's just cool. It's yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
1: So I get like th- yeah, the final battle is just a final battle. You can go and like save some extra people, and I don't know how much that changes. Um. But when you get to the end, you fight the Archdemon. The Archdemon fight's pretty cool to me. I usually don't like big set-piece fights in these kinds of games.
0: Very cool interaction. There were anti-air ballistas around. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because my character had um, traps and devices, I could fix them and shoot at the Archdemon with them. That's was really cool. Uh,
1: And so, because uh, like the only choice you have to make at the final battle, effectively, is if you did not get morrigan pregnant you have to pick who dies i picked my warden because i mean my warden really didn't have many connections to the earth anyway and wanted to minimize death in most ways so i just let him do it because like he wasn't gonna uh, the uh, other option was alistair and alistair was supposed to be the king of ferelden so (laughs) Uh, it was gonna be me
2: See, but think of how poetic it would be if you brought Logain to that and be like, "All right, Loghain, you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice yourself because this is what you said you've been doing
0: this entire
1: time, and now you're actually going to follow through on your word." That would be interesting to do if I wanted to lose Alistair.
0: I just don't think that the story <laughs> would flesh out that way. I'm sure it would. I don't think it. W- I don't think you would have the option to like show him the error of his ways. I don't think it would play out like that. But as a player.
2: I, that's Be how great. I would feel about Be it. Great.
0: I had an idea. We don't have to do it, but since we're wrapping up, it would add th- exactly three minutes onto the length of the episode. We're at an hour 46 before cuts. I, th- I say we each get a 60 second period to vent about everything mechanically, not story or maybe story wise, just vent about everything you didn't like because I know we all had somewhat negative impressions of the non story elements of the game. Does that sound like a good idea, or do we want to sure. not? We can yeah, do that. We can do that. All right. Let's get a first? timer. Uh, I'm I'll, looking at the timer. I'll right go. Here, I'll so, go first. Yeah. Go. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Do not play this game. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> there is a YouTube video. I watched a YouTube video to recap. I don't. I. It was by someone. Just look up Dragon Age Origins full movie. Um, they they got the main character voice, so like you can just watch all the cutscenes. This game feels like it wanted to be a turn-based combat system but because of like the way design sensibilities were going at a time they added a real-time element to it and they didn't balance it around the idea of it being real-time fight they balanced it around being turn-based action so the combat just feels super slow awful, clunky, not everything is balanced appropriately. You get told that it gets scaled, but it doesn't really get scaled to the way you need it to be, and it's just, it's an overall mess. I can't, in good judgment, recommend anyone play this game.
1: Okay, so Bioware tried to adjust from making Baldur's Gate to making their own RPG-ish system, and failed so miserably. I cannot even... Explain. (laughs) The the non-combat skills are great. Combat skills are, like, horrible, not fun, not engaging, weird. Equipment is bad. Once you get, like, 30 hours into the game, every piece of equipment you find is useless. Every single one. It's... (laughs) It's so frustrating to have to manage my inventory because you have limited inventory space and everything you're picking up is garbage. It... Uh, And I I just, I wish they would have done something different with the combat here, because they didn't have the time to make a full-fledged RPC system like something like Pillars of Eternity or, uh, oh God, what's the name of that? Divinity. Divinity. Or Divinity Original Sin.
0: One day, the designers of World of Warcraft will have to pay for their crimes, and I will be the arbiter that brings justice upon them. I had to suffer through 36 hours of this fucking game. It is impossible to outfit a rogue in this game because you're putting all of their points into cunning and dexterity, and all armor requirements are fucking strength. You mages have no stat requirements on their gear because it's class restricted to mage and warriors are dumping points into strength which leaves rogues with nothing you get (laughs) in game gear that adds to cunning and dexterity but it requires 32 strength which of course you don't have because in order to keep up with the insane damage scaling that the enemies have you have to put all of your fucking points into cunning I hate this game I hate this game I hate this game the story is fine but the juice is not worth the fucking squeeze I oh my fucking god the dungeons are about five floor is too fucking long and every one of them has a climactic battle that you think is the end that happens halfway through and it's so frustrating and destroys the pace of the dungeon every fucking time. That was exactly sixty All
2: Alright, so, (laughs) thank you all for listening. Uh, If you are continuing to play the games along with us on our next episode, we are going to be covering Metal Gear Solid 1.
0: And I am so excited. If you're going to play along with us, play the PlayStation version. Do not play the Twin Snakes. The Twin Snakes is bad
2: so thank you all for listening this has been level zero literacy and we'll catch you all
0: next time if we get a thousand subscribers before the next episode um buck will start an uh, a freedom campaign for oj simpson goodbye everyone